0: Hello, and welcome to another Forgotten Fantasy podcast. Sorry about the delay. Life has kind of gotten in the way a bit. My husband's been really ill, so I've been a bit delayed in editing the podcasts. That's why. So he's slowly getting better. I hope he continues to get better. So anyway, I will have these podcasts edited and up as soon as possible, but uh, they may be kind of sporadic and in batches, so anyway, that's that's why. So today will be the continuation of Emperor Blood, um, and we will be listening to chapters one and two, and I hope you enjoy it. Part five. The beast that you saw was and is not,
1: and is about to come out of the abyss and go to destruction, and those who dwell on the earth will wonder, whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that he was and is not and will come. Revelation 17:8, Chapter 1. Ponchi finished the last rabbit. A disease and perhaps the lack of light had killed the rest. They had enough hay and water dripped from a nearby stalactite into their pen. The cave felt empty with the rabbits gone. He gathered up his hat, gloves, and sunglasses, put them into his rabbit-skin bag, and fastened his cape. Guided by the faint light of the luminous lichen on the walls, he walked over the stone floor and squeezed through the entrance to a long tunnel that led to several more caves. He paused at the opening to the cave that opened to the forest. Time tended to drift in the caves. It was hard to remember which was day and which night. No sunlight filtered into it. He was safe, at least as far as light was concerned. Toddy examined the sky. Moonlight bounced off a distant low-flying plane with the March cross. He leaned back in the cave. The noise of the plane faded away. This meant that the Menendec Armada had still not come, all his tribulations getting the route and they took their time he sighed, if they came at all. Tanchi climbed down the cliff below his cave and followed an animal trail into the cover of the forest. A smattering of snow sifted beneath the trees. The severe cold had broken. Spring came. Tanchi felt the ache of loneliness that followed him on this planet. He'd always had people around him, family, servants, military. The quiet nights in his march cell, suffering from homesickness, had been the worst. At least in the cave he had the rabbits, and, he suspected, he rested in stasis for many nights, losing track of the time. He examined the stars and recognized the constellation he had named the Spring Hunter. How had spring come so soon? Its position meant almost a full night to hunt. Tonchi followed a deer path, sniffing to locate the scent of an animal he could eat. He listened to the creak of the cold trees. He wanted to visit a town, to find out if the armada had come. A year he had been here, surely by now. He knew a village lay nearby. He would lurk around its edges for news, maybe feed on a pig or sheep or two. On his way, he would dig a hole to hide in during the day, as he had done last year during his hunts. March soldiers had camped close to him last summer and not even known he lay buried in the forest beside them. He had resisted the temptation to feed on them. Dawn was near when Taunchi came to a small clearing. An abandoned run-down hut sat at its far edge. A fresh fall of snow covered a depleted stack of wood beside it. A chimney stuck out of the roof. Perhaps he could risk a small fire. The cave was always cool, the winter cold. It would be good to feel warm. Tanchi pulled open the door. The dark inside stank of man, ancient cooking, animals, and cinders. A rough bench piled with pelts and a few tins. Vegetables hung in a net bag from a hook in the wall a cold fireplace. Oil sheet covered the one window above the bench, a bed with a heap of furs and blankets on the left side. He stiffened at the smell of urine and vomit, like the torture chamber on the march ship, a tempting whiff of human blood. His instincts told him someone was alive in the hut, but where? tanchi walked over to the bed. A soft bone came from under the blankets. tanchi pulled back the blanket. A dark male face, thin with a dirty, scraggly black beard. The man opened his eyes and whispered. At first, Tanchi couldn't understand his march words. Are you deaf? the man asked. Depends, Tanchi said. He lay kindling and wood in the coal fireplace, then looked along the bench and under the pelt for light matches or lighter. He found something that looked like a flint and struck it against a stone. It sparked and he made fire. He picked up a tin that smelt of coffee and grinned when he found a small amount at the bottom. Coffee? Taunchi asked. Beef broth would be nice with a bit of carrot and onion. I've only watched cooking. In the other tin, make the broth like coffee. The man sighed with the effort of speaking. Taunchi took a pot from the bench and filled it with snow. Once the snow melted, he filled the coffee pot. "'shook coffee into the percolator and put it on a hot stone. "'He looked around for a percolator for the broth, "'then remembered Anne used only a pot "'when she cooked her mysterious liquids. "'He dumped a good amount of the beef powder "'in the pot of water. "'He remembered her cutting up rabbit food. "'He roughly cut up a carrot and an onion "'with the skin on and dumped them in the pot. Taunchy poured coffee into the two mugs "'and some soup into a bowl. "'He pulled the man up, producing fierce coughing. Taunchi held the coffee to the man's lip, and the man took a few sips. Taunchi held the bowl up to him. Coffee good. Vegetables aren't cooked, but I won't complain. No broth for you? Taunchy shook his head. The man gave a weak smile. You are, Dad. You're Rhymer's vampire, aren't you? I remember from the show and the bulletins. My name's Taunchi, and you? Harinder. You murdered my twin, Harry. The man said it as a fact. Many soldiers die in war. Your people murdered my whole family. The new Puritans call my brother St. Harold. Tonshi sighed. Guilt about that boy and the little boy that was once his son. I forgive you, Harinder said. That's what Sister Kate said. Forgive him, for he knows not what he does. I don't when I'm blood-mad. Are you blood-mad now? On the edge. The rabbits died, and I haven't found any animals to feed on. Would you like to feed from me? Herinda coughed (coughs) and gasped. I came here to die. I'm afraid they'll find me and take me home. I don't understand. The Puritans will keep me alive on machines, in and out of pain, until the final breath. It would cost my mother everything we own. Life is precious, yet not precious enough to protect workers from the poison in the mines or the barbarians from the atomic fire and rain. You want me to kill you? Tanchi understood, not as a criminal, like a soldier who has been torn apart. Tanchi pulled back the covers and frowned at the smell. The man looked thin enough to have no blood at all. Take the furs to my mother and tell her I'm gone. There's a map and a letter with them. Harinda tipped back his chin and exposed his neck. No, look at me and sleep. Tanchi stared into his eyes and the man fell back. Tanchi put an arm around him and his hand slid across a bed sore. He plunged his fangs into Harindu's neck before he wretched. The blood rushed into Tonchi. He felt a bit faint as his body destroyed the disease and absorbed the blood. The beginning blood madness dissolved as Horinda died. Tonchi felt better than he had in a long time. Tonchi examined the map. Harindu's village was the one a few hours away by foot. Would they guess who he was? So long alone, they would know if the armada had come. Homesickness washed over him. He glanced out the window. The ground was too hard for him to bury her in there, and dawn came. He wrapped the body in the blankets and left it on the bed. He tacked a fur over the window to block the light and curled up by the fire to sleep until sunset, when he would set off for the village. Tonchi took the pack of furs and his own pack from his back and placed them beside him. He looked through the trees down at the snowy road that led to the village. The moonlight showed a large dark church with an onion dome in the middle of the village and dark houses jumbled together with only an occasional light. Tanshi examined the map of the village. He could reach Harinder's home through back streets. He pulled up the hood of Harinder's long fur coat so his face was in shadow, struggled back into the heavy pack and walked out of the forest onto the empty road. He walked to the edge of the village then took a path right past several Unfenced backyards. A dog barked, but no one turned on a light and came to see Taunchy's passing. He turned down the lane between the huddled plaster houses. He came out across the street from Harinder's home. The window sent a bright light into the street. A sign hung from chains fastened to the roof of the small porch. Mother rose. Bed, breakfast, and bath. A wind chime of metal rods tinkled. It reminded Taunchy of Salheim when the moon chimes rang from all the houses a good sign. He would leave the furs, ask for information, and quickly leave. He plodded across the silent street, onto the porch, and put down the furs. Perhaps he should just leave. He thought of his own mother not knowing whether her son was dead or alive. He couldn't let that happen. Voices spoke softly from inside. Taunchi moved over to the window and glanced in. A gray-haired woman read in an overstuffed chair. The voices came from a radio. She glanced up at his movement. Tanshi moved back and knocked on the door. She closed her book and carried it out of the room with her, the door opened. Harinder, she cried. No, I'm sorry, your son's dead. He asked me to bring these furs and this letter. Tanshi thrust the letter at her. She peered closely at him. Come in and tell me all about it. Tanchy stepped into the hallway with the furs. Take off his coat and come into the warm kitchen. I have pie and coffee. I only wore it here. I won't keep it. It's very warm. You can have it for your honesty. Those pelts will keep us going for a long time. Tonchi hung the coat on the peg, took off his boots and followed her into the warm, clean kitchen. She poured him a cup of coffee and cut a piece of pie, freshly brewed. He closed his eyes as he savored a long sip. The woman sat down across from him and sipped a mug of tea. Are you Rose? Tonchi asked. Yes gulab in my forbidden language tell me my son was in great pain did he suffer greatly at the end he was in pain but he went peacefully unknowing of pain at the end tanchi said thank you my worry's now over a tear fell down Rose's cheek i've been out of touch trapping in the mountains what's the news lord jesus christ died for us the woman looked expectant i mean recent events on this planet tanchi said I gasped by the door to the kitchen. It was Christian. Tonshi jumped up from the table. His chair tumbled to the floor with a bang. Rose stood up and walked over to Christian. She put an arm around him. What's the reply? No shouting now. You'll wake the house. Not that they won't be getting up soon for the pre-dawn service. St. Harold lives by his right hand, Christian said. Ma'am, he's Rymer's vampire. My brother guarded him. I mean, I recognized him from the show. I know what you mean. Let me put on my cape, Rose beckoned to Tanchi. I want to show you the cathedral. Now Harry's twin could be with him at last. Harinder never got over it, you know. Harry and Harinder, they're real names. Come along, Christian. She led the boy to the front door and watched as he stuffed his feet into his boots and put on his coat. Tanchi put on Harinder's coat and his own boots. He would bolt as soon as they stepped outside. Rose grabbed his arm, a surprisingly strong grip for an elder. Come with me. Then you can leave. She smiled down at Christian. The vampire won't hurt us. You know God protects us. I would never hurt a child. Tonshi stiffened. I mean... He flushed with anger. What about my dead children? I know what you mean. Rose gave his arm a gentle squeeze. What did you say your name was? I didn't catch it. Tonshi. No last name? No title? No, I'm Pena, a living ghost. Christian shivered, and Rose gave him a squeeze. I think Taunchi means he's shunned by his people, correct? Yes. It's not a practice I agree with, Rose said. You should be glad of my punishment. I suppose it's not enough. Your people murdered my pregnant wife and my two children and my mother and my sister and her children, my whole clan. That enough for you? I would never seek revenge. That's no way to honor my son. I'm sorry for your losses. They arrived at the cathedral and entered through a small door inset in a huge front door. Rose crossed herself in front of the holy water. Christian hung back. Of that, you Puritan stuff, Rose said. Bless yourself, Christian. And you too, Tanchi. It's a shall not, Christian said. And that water'll burn him. How can he burn him if it's a shall not? Rose asked. Tanchi flicked the water with his fingers. This means nothing. In awe of a few drops, how can you be blessed who lost her family? A lion died in the desert. A swarm of bees made their home in his carcass, Rose said. Bees make honey. From death comes forth sweetness. Death lures me with sweetness, Tanchi said. I hate it. I know, Rose said. Here's the light switch. Brightness flooded the altar. Tanchi put on his sunglasses. Underneath the stone table lay a small, wizened body in a glass coffin. Tanchi took a step backward. Rose pulled him forward. Christian slipped away without them noticing. The new Puritans don't usually allow the display of saints, but Harold is a special piece of propaganda for them. She motioned to pictures around the altar showing Harold as a haloed boy praying. Harold had held his father's hand as he got into a spaceship. Harold sang as he worked in the mine. A praying Harold tied to a pole. A red-black demon attacked. Harold, who looked up at the parting of shining clouds. Blood poured down the child saint's neck and chest. They usually don't like the pictures, either. Taunchy sank down in the front pew and bowed his head. He didn't bleed. Not one drop. No pain. Neither of your sons had pain, Taunchy whispered. So unfair to have this thrown up at him. I'm so sorry. Rose knelt in front of him and pressed his hands to it. I made them paint the, black, the back red. The Puritans kindly showed me the video of the martyrdoms of my son and husband and father. Both our peoples have a lot to answer for. I had to forgive your people, my people, my father, my husband. Very difficult, but I've done it. You are the other victim. Do you understand? There's nothing to forgive. It hurts me, your son's death. I lost my own son then, though he still lives. It hurts to live. Taunchy thought of his mission. Tell me, have my people arrived? You're the only vampire to ever come here. Reimer plans to destroy all of your people with ships of light and an army of light. He was waiting to defeat the rebels, but now he's decided to go ahead anyway, to bring us together against a common enemy. There he is, Christian cried out. Men swarmed into the cathedral and surrounded Tonchi. Jebediah was among them. Watch out, he has a deadly dance, one of the men said. You murdered my father, Jebediah said. I did not she said. You escaped. and uncle had him executed. I was next, but Mother helped me escape with Christian. She stayed behind with comfort. They're probably dead because of you. Jebediah, this man's innocent, Rose said. How can you say that? He murdered Mother Rose. He's eaten both your sons. A man pulled Rose to her feet. Honored Mother, this isn't for you. Don't you tell me what to do. Leave him alone, Jebediah. This won't make things better for you. Two men dragged her away and the group moved in on Tanchi with lasers drawn. Tanchi heard her cry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Nothing to forgive. Tanchi stood and held out his wrists for them to bind him. Chapter 2 Tanchi lay broken on the bed in his old cell. He moaned and shivered in the cold. Someone threw an old quilt over him. He squinted through swollen eyes. It was meekly. You murdered my husband, she said. And we're responsible for the death of my comfort from the sickness. It's all your fault. Shepardiah? Christian? Tanchi croaked. I don't know where they are. Village St. Harold. What about it? Tanchi tried to remember a shouted conversation. His captors had just finished kicking him as he lay bound on the ground. The antistasis gas was wearing off. Memory wasn't too clear. The snow in front of him was red. His nose broken then, not later. Rose begged Jebediah not to expose Christian and himself to the soldiers, and Taunchy thought the boy had agreed. They lived there. Oh. Meekly slid down the wall across from him and huddled on the floor. Sorry about comfort. She's in heaven. I'm your food, so I'll never be with her. I'm all cried out. Meekly picked at her skirt. Not mad yet. Taunchy wavered on the edge. Stay over there. No worry about that. Tanchi drifted in and out of stasis. His hungry nod. The regular bolt shot back and the ordinary door to the cell slammed open. A smell of earth and growing things hurt his nose. Sunlight fell into the cell. Tanchi pulled his quilt over his head. Guards barged in with lasers drawn. Get out of here, woman. Meekly scuttled out of the door. They dragged Tanchi up onto his feet. He cried out in pain clutched the quilt over himself, and tumbled into stasis. The anti-stasis gasp brought him back to consciousness. He stumbled between the guards. The sun scalded the tops of his bare feet. Tonshi sagged forward and protected them with the shade of the quilt until they passed out of the exercise yard. The agonized walk to the waiting area in the, re- in the arena seemed to last forever. The guards sat him down on the bench and grabbed away the quilt. The cold stone seat pained him. The madness rose. He had a vision of Christian tied to a pole. They had captured him. They would make him feed on the boy. He knew it. Tanchi moaned. The guards prodded him. Tanchi passively resisted them. He would not feed on Christian. They grabbed under his shoulders and dragged him into the arena. Tanchi struggled weakly against them. The audience cheered. The guards slammed him against a pole. They tore off his shirt, jerked up his broken arms, and clamped his wrists into the manacles at the top of the pole. Tanchi screamed with the pain. Rymer's voice rang out over the loudspeakers. Today, my people, is a great day, a day of fulfillment of prophecy. Hear the words of the prophet Daniel. As I watched, the beast was put to death, and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away. This is the glorious Easter Sunday that prophecy heads towards fulfillment. In a few weeks, Those who become our glorious warriors, and I know all able-bodied men will heed the call, will be ascending to the stars to take away the dominion of the blood demons. Behold the might of the cross. The roof of the dome began to open. A shaft of sunlight beamed down to the arena floor. The patch of spring sun grew and marched across the floor towards Tanchi. The crowd shouted with anticipation. Tanchi watched its coming with horror. He pushed himself back against the pole. Metal gleamed in the sunlight. A cross of murderous light flashed across the arena and hit his bare chest. taunchy skin burned. The sun fell on his burnt feet. He shrieked.
0: Thank you very much for listening. If you absolutely can't wait for the next episode, you can head on over to our Patreon page and we will send you a digital copy of the book for $5. And that is Patreon page is patreon.com slash forgottenfantasy. Facebook at Facebook.com slash forgottenfantasy. We have Twitter at twitter.com at gamersological. We also live stream video game content to our YouTube channel and that's under Gamersological as well. I can post a link to our podcast page so that you can get you can see when we are live. We also just put up a music channel, which my husband and I will be uh, adding recordings to eventually, Um, he's starting to learn the harp. I play two instruments, I play piano and violin, so I will be uploading uh, videos of us playing our instruments eventually. I hope you enjoy that too. And that one's called Musical Moments with B. As always, I hope y'all take care and good health. Bye-bye now.